Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 424. This week's episode, we're answering the question, Royal Caribbean should. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but we're actually going to answer some questions with those three words that people usually search for. Here we go. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, we did an episode called Royal Caribbean Is, in which I answered questions that people were Googling with the words Royal Caribbean Is, and I had a lot of fun doing that. People wrote back that they seemed to enjoy it as well, so I thought we'd do that again this week. We're going to answer the questions Royal Caribbean Should. So basically, if you go to Google.com and you start typing in the words Royal Caribbean Should, you get a number of suggestions from Google about things that people usually search for, figuring that if other people are searching for it, maybe that's what you're looking for to help make your life a little bit easier. And so today we're going to answer some of these questions that people have been basically searching for, and hopefully one of these or many of these will be of help to you, or maybe you'll just find it interesting, and it's always a good recap because, of course, this also helps kind of go over some things maybe that we haven't talked about in a little bit. So Let's start off with number one. I guess I'm not surprised that this is the first question off the bat. Royal Caribbean, should I get the drink package? Boy, this is a question even I have struggled with over the years because if you go back to some really old episodes of this podcast, number one, I want to apologize for listening to those really old episodes. I, I'm sure the audio quality was not great and who knows what I was talking about, but back in those episodes, I would have told you, no, there's no reason you should get the drink package, or at least I would tell you not to get the drink package. And then I changed my mind about it. So should you get the drink package? Well, first and foremost, you have to be able to drink enough, I think, to quote unquote, break even on the investment. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people just see a drink package. And I think there are there are some people who really do believe there's no complimentary drinks on board, like you can't get water or, you know, regular coffee. So they assume that you have to get a drink package, otherwise you're not going to drink anything, which obviously is not true. There are included drinks on board. But when we talk about the drink package, primarily I think most people are talking about the deluxe beverage package, just the unlimited alcohol package. And it does include other things, including juices and premium coffees and teas and whatnot. But, you know, really people are talking about alcohol. It's the most popular option. There are three drink packages, technically, the soda package, the Royal Refreshment Package, which is the non-alcoholic package, and then the deluxe beverage package, which includes pretty much everything. And... For the purposes of any drink package, I think, number one, you've got to drink enough to make it worthwhile. You know, at the end of the day, you should be drinking enough so that, you know, you're basically going to get your money's worth out of it compared to if you drank the same amount of drinks and paid individually for every drink a la carte. Now, if you're having, you know, one or two beers a day and that's it, or, you know, a glass of wine and a beer in the pool deck and that's it, no, the drink package is not for you. Now, I'd be the first to admit the way I drink on a roller gripping cruise is not the way I drink on land. When I'm at home, you know, I, if I have a, a couple beers during the week, that's pretty big. Uh, whereas on a cruise ship, it's a little different. It's a different mentality. You know, it's it's like the old saying, you know, if, when you go to work, you're wearing, well, I don't know, these days people don't go to the office anymore. But, you know, if you go to your office, you're wearing, you know, your business suit or what have you. But when you're on a cruise ship, you wear shorts and, and Hawaiian shirts and loud print uh, sunglasses and what have you. And you're kind of like, you know, that these are things you only do on vacation, right? This is the point I'm trying to get across here. And so the way you drink might be different on vacation than on land. So don't necessarily think about, well, what did I have for, for drinks last week at home compared to on a cruise ship? If you've never been on a cruise before, my best advice for should you get the drink package is I would probably forego it at least for the first day or two, depending on how long your cruise is. You can always buy the drink package if there's at least uh, four days left in your cruise. If you're on a seven-night cruise, you could go the first day without it and see how you go. Maybe you'll find you don't drink that much or maybe you like it. But you know, if you've done it before, 
or you're, you're thinking it, you're on the fence about it, I generally like the drink package for two primary reasons. Number one, first and foremost, budgeting. I love being able to uh, be able to purchase it before the cruise and break up the total cost of the cruise. The thing I used to hate about cruising was when I the cruise was over, I'd have all these charges at the end of the cruise and you just get this giant bill and I hated giant bills. So I started using the drink package as an opportunity to budget our drink purchases. So, you know, three months, four months before the cruise, I'd buy the drink package. Then that particular purchase would be on one billing cycle, whereas the final payment would be on a different billing cycle. And then, of course, any onboard charges during the cruise would be on a completely different billing cycle. So for me, that helped, and I like that. And the other thing that's really nice about the drink package is the convenience. You know, you don't have to think twice about should I get a drink or not. You know, I mean, a lot of times I wrestle with that decision. And, you know, the old saying that indecision is worse than no decision, then it, it definitely holds true. With the, with the drink package. It's just gut-wrenching. So it's a lot easier just to be able to get a drink when you want, not worry that, you know, if you don't finish it, no big deal. And you get to try a lot of other things. So it's really nice. So I guess I'm saying, yes, you there, there's a compelling reason to get the drink package. But obviously, at the end of the day, if you're not a big drinker, then it's just not for you. So next question, Royal Caribbean, should I buy stock? Okay, this is the part of the podcast where if I had a lawyer here at Royal Caribbean blog headquarters, the lawyer would start speaking in that I cannot give you financial advice. I don't think anyone should really, well, nobody who's not a financial advisor should be giving you financial advice. You know, I don't, I personally, Matt Hotchberg does not own any Royal Caribbean stock unless like one of my IRA stocks or 401k stocks has it. And that, but that's not intentional. That's just whoever, you know, picked it up. Um, I don't own any Royal Caribbean stock. Uh, you know, stock in general, you should never buy stock because you are a fan of the brand, I don't think. I think you should buy stock because you think that it is a good investment, a good long-term investment. And certainly Royal Caribbean stock these days has been up and down. Yes, there is a benefit for being a, a shareholder with Royal Caribbean. If you own at least, I believe, 100 shares, you get some onboard credit. I don't think that's a reason to buy stock. I think you buy any stock at any company because you think it's a good investment. Next up, should I prepay gratuities? Yes, I'm a big fan of this one. I always, always prepay my gratuities. Tell my travel agent, just automatically put it on there because it's just so much easier. Also, when you prepay gratuities, they go on your final payment. So you don't have to, again, less charge at the end of the cruise. And it's just a little bit simpler. Um, you know, I before they did prepaid gratuities and before it was automatic, you had to, you know, give the cash and hand it to them. It was always super awkward and weird. So I love prepaid gratuities. I think it's much easier. Um, I, I think number one, obviously the, the the crew members there working on board absolutely deserve it. That's that goes without almost saying. But the other thing that I would say is that it's just a simpler process on you. And it allows you to tip on top of that, obviously, and get a drink, maybe give a dollar here or you know, somebody who really stands out. But um I just I think for all parties concerned, I prepay my gratuities. Next one is Royal Caribbean, should I cancel? I think this one might be people who maybe are asking, maybe they're still asking, you know, with COVID and whatnot. I mean, I'm very biased in this next, I'm mean, biased with all my answers here, but I'm very biased with this answer here, should I cancel? And I would say no. Uh, obviously, well, I should back that up for a second. If you are somebody who is uh, ineligible to cruise right now because of vaccine requirements and whatnot, then perhaps there's a compelling reason for you to cancel, although you might consider other alternatives. But um, in general, I'm going to generalize this question, not go into too many nitty-gritty details, and I would say no. I think going on a cruise right now, number one, I truly believe, my heart of hearts, it is the safest, one of the, if not the safest thing you can do right now, especially for leisure travel. It is the only, and what I mean by that is it's the only place that I'm aware of and feel free to correct me in the in the show notes here at realcreamblog.com if I'm wrong on this. I can't think of any other place that requires you to have a negative COVID test before you get there and then also has a strict vaccine requirement on board, 
which basically means that the chances of COVID cases on your ship are pretty darn low. You know, Royal Caribbean just put out a statistic uh, last week that they've only had 141 cases over half a million uh, people that have cruised, which is fantastic, wonderful news. So um, I don't, for, if your concern is COVID and catching COVID on a cruise ship, I, I think the answer is no, I don't think you should cancel at all. And in fact, this is, I've, I've said this many times, it's actually one of the best times right now to go on a cruise because of the limited capacity uh, and, and the strict protocols. I think it's actually to your advantage. So I would say don't cancel. Next one is, which Royal Caribbean ship should I go on? <laughs> Boy, how much time you got to talk about this one? This, this is one of these questions that comes in many forms. It's usually like, what's the best Royal Caribbean ship? What's the worst Royal Caribbean ship? What ship should I go on? If you're a first-time cruiser, never been on a cruise before, thanks for checking out the podcast. The My advice to, to those people is always the same. You want to book a seven-night cruise on an Oasis or Quantum-class ship. It's Royal Caribbean's newest ships in the fleet. They offer the latest and greatest. And seven nights is long enough that you'll get a good sense of sea days, port days, and everything in between. So for those reasons, I recommend the um, the, the seven-night cruise on the newer ships. Now, obviously, if your first ship was something else, like a Voyager-class ship or really anything else, it's not to say that's a mistake. I, I don't want to go quite that far to, to say that because I think that would also be wrong. There's no such thing as a bad one to go on. I think what you really want to look at is whatever ship you go on, you want to look for what does the ship offer on board? And what is what are you looking for in a cruise ship? And I know as a new cruiser, that's a hard question because it's like, you know, asking, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I haven't been there before, I don't know what to expect. But I think people have in their mind some preconceived notions of what cruise ships are. Like, do you want to have a water slide? You know, do especially restaurants matter to you? Are you a dining person? Are you a foodie? Uh, are you looking for exotic ports? Are you just looking for a beach escape? These generic questions are the kind of things that I think really make a difference in deciding on the ship. But if you really are sitting there like, Matt, I, yeah, I, I don't even know where to start. Seven night cruise on an Oasis or quantum class ship is definitely the way to go. Next up is what drink packages Royal Caribbean offer? Well, I answered this question inadvertently earlier, but that would be three drink packages. The soda package, which is just soda. So you can get unlimited soft drinks on board the ship. Uh, that's a soda card. Sometimes it's called that. Uh, and, and that one's pretty inexpensive. Then there's the Royal refreshment package, which includes non-alcoholic, any non-alcoholic drink, sodas, juices, mocktails. So those are, you know, you can get like a pina colada without any alcohol in it. You can get premium coffees like lattes or, or premium teas. Uh, so any of that is included with the Royal Refreshment Package. This is very popular with teenagers and most people just don't drink a lot. My wife loves the Royal Refreshment Package and it does include sodas as well. And then you have the Deluxe Beverage Package, which is pretty much everything uh, any drink that costs extra, there are some exceptions. Uh, you know, there's some high, high shelf liquors that are not included with it. But I mean, truly, unless you're asking for, for Coivassier as an example or Remy Martin 13, I think that's what it's called. Like, it's just not going to be an option for you. So don't worry too much about it. Um, but that includes basically that's your beer, wine, cocktails, and everything else I mentioned before. So the kind of the, the drink package is basically build on each other. The soda package is the base, and then the re refreshment package covers everything that was in the soda package, plus all the other non-alcoholic beverages and the, the deluxe beverage package includes everything that was in the soda package and the refreshment package, and on top of that, alcoholic drinks. Uh, and then there's a lot, there's another question, is it worth it to get the drink package in Royal Caribbean? Talked about that, probably, but you know, it depends on how you're drinking. How do we get a discount on the drink package on Royal Caribbean? Do you see a trend developing here? Because the next, actually, everything else, all the other questions, I didn't even look at this before I started recording. The last one, two, three, four questions 
are, is it worth it to get the drink package in Royal Caribbean? How do I get a discount drink package in Royal Caribbean? How to get cheap drink package in Royal Caribbean? And is the drink package worth it on Royal Caribbean? So clearly, there's a lot of people who want to get the drink package and also want to get a discount. So let me make this, if you're looking for a discount, which we haven't talked about yet in this episode, the best way to get a discount is to purchase it before your cruise. Royal Caribbean uh, sells this drink package before the cruise via the Cruise Planner website. It is always cheaper to buy it on the website. The only exception to that is if you are a high member of Crown and Anchor Society, like your Diamond, Diamond Plus, or Pinnacle, and then you get a discount that's comparable, but you're paying a higher starting price on board. I just, listen, as a, I'm a Diamond Plus member. I always prepay my drink packages. And, you know, look for price differences during sales. That can happen. The price does fluctuate to some extent. But when it comes to getting the best price on a drink package, you want to go onto Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner website. You want to book the drink package, whatever price it is. No matter what, book it right now, and then you're good. Then keep checking back on it. If the price goes down on the drink package tomorrow, next week, next month, whenever, you can cancel and rebook without any penalty instantly via the Royal Caribbean website. But if the price goes up, well, you're guarded against that price. That's the thing. A lot of people say, well, Matt, why don't I just wait and see what the price does? And, you know, if it goes down, then I'll book it kind of thing. Or And if it doesn't, then I'll book it, you know, like the week before the cruise. Yeah, that would be okay, except sometimes the price goes up. And then you would end up possibly paying more for the drink package. So that's why I always tell people, buy it before the cruise and buy it now to lock in the price. You can always cancel and rebook. It's a tried and true strategy that I have used for a long, long time. And I think it's definitely the way to go when it comes to a drink package. So there you go. There's our answers to Royal Caribbean shit, primarily uh, <laughs> drink package questions. But there are some other ones mixed in over there. Okay, friends, time to answer some listener emails. This is the part of the episode where I answer questions you have sent in to be, well, answered right here on the podcast. And if you want to send me your emails, you can do so by sending them to Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Our first question this week is from Heather and Steve. All right, hi, Matt. Teacher fireman here on the Royal Caribbean Blog message boards. If we bid on room upgrade for Freedom of the Seas for a grand suite and we would get it, does it include the drink package? And can you bid on multiple room categories and hope for the best to get at least something? Or should you just bid one room category? Thank you. would love to hear your, your reply as we get an offer email today. Heather and Steve, thanks for the email. So if you're bidding for a room upgrade on Freedom of the Seas to a grand suite, no, you don't get a drink package included with that uh, upgrade. The, uh, the drink package is not included. But if you are in a suite on Freedom of the Seas, in the concierge lounge, or suite lounge, I think they call it suite lounge on Freedom of the Seas, every evening you'll have complimentary alcohol in there and you would get uh, free drinks in that location. But that's only in the suite lounge and only, I forget the hours, but you know, five to eight, something like that. Um, you do not get complimentary internet either. The internet that you would get as being in a suite guest would only be applicable if you were in a Royal Suite class ship, which would be a Oasis or Quantum class ship. So there you go. And can you bid on multiple room categories and hope for the best? Yes. So with Royal Up, which is the opportunity, if you like, to bid for a stateroom upgrade, you can place multiple bids. And uh, like, like Heather and Steve say, you just hope for the best. Whichever one comes through first is the one that you get. So, um, you know, obviously you should only bid for room categories you really want to go to. But yeah, if you're looking at the list and you say, boy, there's, you know, three or four categories ahead of me that look compelling. Let me just put a bid down for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're not going to get charged for all of them. You only get charged for the winning bid. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Heather and Steve, for the email there. Let's go to our next email. And that is from Chris, who writes, uh, Hi, Matt. Love the info you're putting out for us newbies. We just got off our first cruise adventure this season at NASA, where we successfully bid on a junior suite. Since we travel with our 
two kids, the upgraded cabin was a dream compared to the standard fare. But as I said, that was our first cruise. We don't know if going forward, suites are worth the price. What's your take on the benefit you get booking a suite compared to a balcony room? For reference, we're currently booked out of Long Beach in December on an Alaska cruise and on an Alaska cruise next summer. Chris, thanks for the email. So. The benefit of booking a seat, well, I mean, it, you know, it, this seems like an obvious question, but I know what, what Chris is really asking. Like, you know, is it worth it kind of question, right? Obviously, when you get a suite, you get more living space. That's, and having kids, that's huge. I mean, every square foot helps. And yeah, that, that that's really important right there. For me, when it comes to, you know, are suites worth the price, Chris, it's very much a relative question, meaning how much more is it compared to a balcony? Because... I don't look at suites and say, oh, I'm just gonna book a suite based on this. I look at the price of a suite. I also look at how much more it is compared to a balcony. Because sometimes you may find that the price difference is not that bad, especially from a balcony to junior suite. You're always gonna pay a premium for a suite. I mean, it's a splurge at the end of the day. Suites are not, <laughs> almost never a, a value proposition. They're never something you're gonna look at, and be, ooh, I'm gonna actually make money on this, or I can totally, you know, I'll spend this amount of money on the cabin, but I'll end up getting this amount of money back in value, thus it's it's worth it, right? It, it rarely, if ever, gets to that point. S booking a suite is really about enjoying the benefits of it. it. It's splurging. It's like booking a first-class airplane ticket, right? First class, you still the plane lands at the same time as coach, right? Whether you're in first class or not. <laughs> like that's not the issue. The issue is that you get a little more space, a little more amenities, a little more perks for while you're there. Same is kind of true for, for suites as well. And so in a situation like yours, Chris, I would just look at the price of it. Uh, it's a very compelling option. It's very nice to have. I think as, as a family, uh, one of the benefits I love the most is the priority disembarkation that occurs at the end of the cruise. I'm not sure that's pay worth paying, you know, <laughs> a couple thousand dollars more. But, you know, when the concierge walks you out the ship, you know, the waiting lines, that's always nice. The complimentary alcohol that you get in the evening is great. If you're on a uh, Oasis or Quantiplash, you get complimentary um, internet if you're in a grand suite or higher. So there are certain benefits to doing all this. But, of course, a lot of these things you can kind of, you know, you can make the argument, well, if I spend, you know, a couple hundred or thousand dollars less and uh, I can make up for that in many ways, you know, you can... You, you'll find, and of course, the old saying, how much time do you really spend in your room on a cruise? Because at the end of the day, you're booking the cabin, right? Are you the kind of person who spends a lot of time in your room? Do you, you know, do you find yourself really spending a lot of time, or are you just there to shower, sleep, and, you know, be on your way, and you're busy doing all those other things? You're going out to Alaska, you're doing all the, you know, like, how important is that? Ultimately, it comes to, for me, it's how much more is it, and then you can start justifying the price in your mind more than anything. There are some people who, I'm sure, are listening to this podcast, only book suites no matter what. I, I don't blame them. And, uh, you know, <laughs> more power to them, in fact. And and the key with suites also is to book it as early as you can because some of the prices really do go up as the uh, sailings are out there. People start booking up those cabins. They're very, very popular. So, yeah, my advice is uh, how much more is it and kind of go from there and look, you know, look for good prices. Be opportunistic when it comes to pricing. Don't always just book a suite necessarily. And you may find yourself in suites more often than you think. Next email is from Carolyn from Frisco, Texas. Hi, Matt. First, the chops plus one package for my husband and I on our upcoming Harmony Cruise this November. We'd like to do Wonderland as our plus one. We'd like to bring our kids who are 16 and 13. Is it best to pre-purchase a Wonderland reservation on the cruise planner before we sail? Also wondering, my son, the 13-year-old, is a super picky eater and has several dietary issues due to food allergies. If he's most likely going to be eating a kid's meal, is there any chance we might be able to get a kid's pricing for him? He's definitely not going to eat an adult's meal worth of food, but I'd like to include him in the experience. 
That's a great question, Carolyn, and I'm glad you asked it. So with kids, there is kids pricing for especially restaurants, but your children are too old for that. Um, according to Royal Caribbean, uh, once you pass 12 years old, you're essentially an adult. And so under the letter of the rule, Carolyn, the answer is no. Um, they would pay, your 16 or 13 year old would pay the same as an adult price. So if you wanted to book all four of you, then you should book all four of you with that uh, chops plus one meal, or or at the very least the Wonderland meal, right? If you're not, you're not taking the chops, maybe that's kind of the crux of your question there. So, um, but let's start with the first part of the question. Is it best to pre-purchase a Wonderland reservation on the cruise plan before we sail? No, uh, I, that would not work because then you'd be paying chops plus one and you'd be reserving Wonderland. So with the chops plus one, which is just a two dining package uh, option with one of the options already predefined with you, that being chops. Um, once you get on board the ship, Carolyn, you just go to any of the specialty restaurant Wonderland or Chops or anything in between and ask them to make a reservation for you. You'll have no problem there. Um, for your kids, you know, I say the the rule says what I just told you, which is that they're adults. I mean, certainly, could you go to the restaurant and give this exact same? Looks my kid doesn't really eat anything. All he wants to do is eat, you know, a slice of pizza here while we're sitting here. Uh, maybe they'll say yes. Maybe they'll say no. I don't know. Uh, I can tell you that they do accommodate very picky eaters. My wife, by her own admission, is a super picky eater. We just ate there on Wonderland on Odyssey of the season, you know, almost all the appetizers were altered for her, but at the end of the day, the entree was, you know, there was beef and there was chicken. She had a great time. So, um, you know, it, yes, they can definitely alter the menu. The menu is not set in stone, but it, obviously if your 13 year old is literally just going to be eating pizza and nothing else, you know, they, they usually, I, I certainly, now again, I haven't done this with a 13 year old. I have gone to special restaurants with my children who are younger, you know, we're talking about, you know, six or eight years old. And, you know, say, no, my, they're just going to sit here and have a slice of pizza. And actually, in a couple instances, the waiter would actually go down to Sorrento's and bring back a slice for my kids, which is obviously above and beyond what they should be doing. So um, that definitely is an option as well. So if your kid just wants to sit there, they usually don't have a problem with that. But again, Carolyn, this is one of those questions where you kind of have to talk to the staff. I can't promise you anything, but it's not unheard of either. So thank you for the email. Our next email is from John writes, first off, I want to thank you for everything you do from the blog to the podcast. Your work is chock full of great information. I've got a seemingly strange question. One that I would bet impacts few families for now, for now. However, it is one of the, it is one that will presumably impact more and more families as time goes on. Currently, my wife and I have enrolled our two children, six and one respectively in the Pfizer vaccine trials. This means that they have received a shot of either the vaccine or a placebo. We don't know which yet. However, six months from now, we will find out who got what. And if either of them got the placebo, they will be offered the vaccine right then and there. This holds true even if the vaccine has yet to be officially approved for their age group. We have a cruise booked for May 2022, and by then, both children will be vaccinated one way or another. My question is this. Do you think Royal Caribbean will treat those children as fully vaccinated since they're, they truly will be fully vaccinated? Or will they just lump them into the kids in this age range so no way they can be vaccinated in any category? I know this is asking a very specific exception, but I figured you'd be the go-to guy. Thanks for all you do. Child, thanks for the email. I don't believe there's any issue. I mean, Royal Caribbean is, you're right, they kind of assume if you're under 12, you're unvaccinated. But if you can show proof that you're vaccinated, they that that's fine. You'll be considered fully vaccinated. So if your kids are fully vaccinated and have their CDC card, just like you do, that's totally fine. There's absolutely no reason to believe that that'd be a problem at all. I mean, in Royal Caribbean's eyes, when, and again, this is coming from booking cruises here so far, um, all they care about, they ask, you know, is everybody vaccinated or not? And you, uh, before the cruise, you get an email and they ask you for everybody's vaccination status. And for my kids who clearly, you know, you put in my wife, put myself in you know, your, your date of birth, 
okay, they can kind of figure that out. But they still ask for it, and the same thing happens for the kids. So, yeah, if they were vaccinated, you just put their, their vaccine in, and that's it. Um, it. It's pretty simple. There isn't a specific rule saying, oh, if you're under 12, there's no way you can be vaccinated. Or some, I know you're kind of asking, like, is it is just automatically assumed or something like that? And the answer is no. So you're, I think you'd be good to go. Thank you for the email there. Next email is from Kelly T. Hey there, Matt. Had a couple questions regards to the pre-cruise testing required. I know things change daily, it seems. So forgive me if you cover this on a podcast and I miss it somehow. Uh, my husband and I are going on a back-to-back in December on Mariner of the Seas. Number one, is it true that you have to be tested before reboarding the second leg of the cruise? And if so, will Royal Army take care of the expense? Yes. Um, Kelly, you're, you'll be tested on leg number one on board the ship. Just go to guest services. Um, during cruise number one, I'd go there on the first day if I were you. Say, hey, we're doing a back-to-back cruise. Uh, we'd like to get scheduled for a back-to-back test. Uh, by virtue of the fact that you're a back-to-back cruise, you'll probably be fine. But yes, it's it's covered by Royal Caribbean. They'll take care of it. Also, is it still three days before cruising or is it now two? It is for you, Kelly, for adults, it is two days before cruise. Two days, two calendar days. Royal Caribbean does not care about hours. It's not 24 or 48 hours. It's just days. And finally... Is the testing covered by insurance or is it out of pocket? I know everyone's is different. Thank you for so much for all the information you provide on a weekly basis for all of us. Happy cruising. Uh, technically, it's on. It's out of pocket. But Kelly, the other thing is some places don't charge you anything. As an example, Kelly, I have gone to CVS a number of times. And CVS does not charge you for it. Either they will ask, either you provide their, your, your insurance information. And if the insurance covers it, then you're good to go. And if they don't, the federal government provides it. Um, that's But you'd have to provide your insurance just to show them that you have insurance like a the, the federal government is a fallback. They don't want to be covering everybody's. They want to make sure that if you have the opportunity to do so, you're good to go. Now, that's CVS. Obviously, everything will be different. And to your point, your insurance coverage may be different. But CVS clearly states on when you go to their COVID-19 website, testing website to schedule something, you know, it says zero out-of-pocket cost. There is an asterisk there, but the federal government program provides uh, a, a backup option for you. So uh, there are, obviously, I don't know if you have any CVSs near you, Kelly. Uh, Walgreens is another option. There's like a bazillion other ones. Most of the other bazillion other ones, you know, may charge you a, a cost for at least a copay or something like that. You'd have to check on that. I can't give you generalizations. But like I said, CVS is pretty much the 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 broad generalization I can use because I know it's a nationwide kind of thing. So thank you, Kelly, for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Appreciate you uh, being here. Make sure you send your emails to, uh, if you have your own questions you'd like to ask me, to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again real soon.